unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, last week, we got into some of the reasons as to why you're the world's greatest copywriting coach. And I know that we've got a a follow-up on that. So let's go ahead and just pick up where we left off last week. Thanks. Okay. Well, um, to recap, last week, we were talking about the six things that seem to get in the way of everyone who's trying to, you know, get get through that portal, get past that barrier um, to go from good to great as a copywriter. And um, so, uh, you know, um, before I, I get into the, we, we talked about three last week, I'll review what they are in a second. And then um, we got three more we're going to talk about this week. But I'd like to remind everybody of something you might might not have thought about, and that is that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, um, you know, what we talked about last week, Nathan, when I start working with a copywriter, there's three questions that we get into. First one is, what do you want? Second one is, how are you going to get it? And the third one is, what's standing in the way? And to, to review, the coaching is based on the answers to these three questions. And the first two questions are different. Different copywriters want different things. Yeah, there's a lot of similarity, but there are a lot of individual differences too. And how they're going to get it, well, that depends a lot on what they want. But the third thing, that is what's standing in the way, nearly always there are six things standing in the way. This is true 98% of the time. It was true for me when I first got started 30-some years ago. And first three things we talked about in the previous episode last time, uh, not enough confidence. I was thinking of saying previously on Copywriters Podcast, not enough confidence, can't identify your target customer and get into his or her head, and can't come up with enough good big ideas and hooks. But there's three more that we didn't have time for last week. So let's, let's go over them today. Okay. First. Number four, the first one we're talking about today, but number four is people can't write killer headlines. And, you know, some of this is is skill that you develop. I realized something. I actually realized it for a training that I'm going to be doing uh, for a private client um, this month. I'm going to be doing a webinar and then a couple of days live with them. There's a, a company. and. I, I really, you know, these people do a lot of social media. I, I guess we all do a lot of social media, but they, I mean, they have three people just doing full-time social media. And one of their problems, like a lot of people, is how do you boil it down? And it's never been a problem for me, but 
I mean, it's never been a problem for me since I've been a copywriter, which, you know, really came about in, in my thirties and, and I turned 65 in July. So it's been a while, but um, I realized, you know, uh, starting when I was 15, I went to a, a high school journalism camp at a real newspaper, the Pontiac Press. And I was the editor of the page we came out with, and I had to write headlines. And then I was editor of my high school newspaper, and I had to write headlines. And then I was on my college newspaper, and I had to write headlines. And then I worked at a trade newspaper in New York where I had to write headlines. And I had worked at a daily newspaper in Florida where I had to write headlines. And six more years of that. And this wasn't like, gee, it would be a good idea. It's like, I want to keep my job. I had to write headlines good enough to, you know, have my editors pass. So I had, even though they weren't ad headlines and I had to relearn a lot of things, the basic ability just to take an idea and boil it down or find an angle or find the little tidbit inside some copy that would, you know, spark interest and present it in an appealing way. I had like, I don't know, eight, 10, 12 years of a background doing that without even realizing it. Not everybody does. I understand this. That's okay. But, you know, beyond knowing that wordsmithing part, which is a big part of it, there, there are other two main problems that keep people from writing killer headlines. They haven't done enough research, so they don't know their customers. And the other thing is they're unwilling to write as many good headlines as they need to, to come up with one good one. Now, this is important because it's, it's not like, okay, so let's say you're writing a sales letter and you come to page three and you've got a subhead be, be after one block of copy and before another one. You're not going to spend three days working on that subhead. But it would be okay to spend three days working on a headline because the headline is 80 to 90% of the effectiveness of all of the rest of your copy. And a, a lot of people just don't understand that. They don't understand because it's, you know, it's only two or three sentences. What's the, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is number one, if you don't get someone's attention to begin with, it's not going to work. Number two if you get their attention, but you don't create some anticipation, some excitement, you don't stoke some emotions, it's not going to work. And number three, if you don't set the frame in a way that's going to make the person receptive to what comes next, it's not going to work. Well, it sounds pretty easy as I describe it, as you and I both know, doing it not quite as easy. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big piece of it. and. You know, there there is some psychology uh, in in writing headlines too, and a lot of this comes from Gene Schwartz's excellent book, Breakthrough Advertising. Now, just to be clear, my book is called Breakthrough Copywriting, which is also an excellent book. But the one that can really give you the information, it's not an easy book. I mean, I've read it, I've been reading it for I don't know twenty years. I'm still getting new stuff out of it is Breakthrough Advertising by Gene Schwartz. He talks about stages of the market and stages of customer sophistication. And it's 
maybe we should do a podcast on it sometime. It's way too much to talk about here, but it's something that's vitally important for a good copywriter to understand because if you're selling the same product to the same market and the markets and it's a new product or it's like second in the market, you're going to sell it. Your headline is going to be entirely different than if it's third in the market. And if your customers never heard of a product like this, you're going to sell your headline again. It's going to be entirely different than if they've heard of other products like this, but yours is a little different. So, you know, lots, lots and lots of stuff. Most people don't really factor that in to the degree that would serve them best. So, yeah. And you have a book all about headlines. What, where, uh, if people want to get kind of like a deep dive into um, headlines from the David Garfinkel point of view, what's the book and where can people go to check it out? Sure. It's called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. And we've just come out with a paperback edition, which is a lot more affordable. Uh, it's about about one third the price of the old one. It doesn't have the free CD offer, which is sort of not really valid anymore. Um, yeah, and you can find it on Amazon. It's called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. One thing I get into a lot there is the psychology of headlines. Um, some of the psychology is blatant and upfront, but some of it's a little more subtle and, and hidden. And I try and bring that up to the fore. Nice. I wanted to add that because I knew it would be, if people want to do a little bit more of a deep dive, it's definitely a great resource. So number number four would be can't write killer headlines. And I see this, it plagues so many copywriters and so many business owners out there. Uh, what's number five? Well, number five is they can't tell great stories in their sales copy. You know, th- this is sort of doubly ironic or or doubly vexing in in this way everybody tells stories that's you know you find a four-year-old and they'll start tugging on your your pants leg or your sleeve or your nose and they'll start telling you a story and then they'll ask you to tell them a story everybody tells stories so stories are like the most common thing in the world number one number two um, thanks to Joseph Campbell and maybe uh, Bob McKee, people are familiar with the hero's journey and people feel obligated to write a hero's journey story, like become, you know, Homer or Shakespeare um, when they're trying to sell something. I mean, I just told you a story about a four-year-old. Was that a hero's journey? Did you know, did they face a life and death problem? Was there a huge decision? Was there climax? Did they come back with greater new knowledge to share with the community? No, <laughs> no. They just pulled on your nose and asked you to tell you a story, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and so story is, is how we make it through life, um, both in, you know, very luxurious, enjoyable, pleasurable ways and you know, when we're barely struggling through. I mean, stories are, I think they're the glue of human community. I really do. And stories are, you know, they're they're like magic glue in, you know, they're like super glue in copy. Um, they'll glue the reader's eyeballs to the page and they will glue their credit card number to your shopping cart. I mean, it, it, it's just, they're, they're amazing. 
it's a real art to tell a story concisely in a way that captivates your listeners or your readers from start to finish and telling a story in sales is another animal. You know, most hero's journey stories are about another person. They're explicitly about another person and something they went through that you find fascinating watching. And maybe you identify with the person. Maybe you live their hero's journey vicariously. But sales stories take this vicarious thing to a very different level because more than any other kind of story, a copy sales story is one where the customer is consciously or unconsciously demonstrating the product in their own mind, in their own hands, in their own life as they take in the story. You're actually creating the the same thing as if you were at a Costco or a department store or a Safeway and someone was you know, demonstrating a Vegematic or something. And here, here, you try it. See what that's like. See, here. Wasn't that easy? You just cut the tomato without spilling any juice on the side of the... <laughs> whatever, you know? Well, one of the things that I really like about using stories in my sales messages is... Well, actually, two things. Number one, um, when you when you hit somebody with a sales message, their, their red flags, their defenses automatically go up. They say, oh, I'm about to be pitched to. Somebody's going to try and take some money from me. And they automatically go on the defensive. The skeptic inside their head starts going off. And uh, it's, it's an uphill battle. But when you start off your sales message with a story, it's the opposite. People, they, they lower their defenses. They let you take the steering wheel. They let you guide them where you want to take them. So a story inside of a sales message can can do the exact opposite to somebody's psyche that a sales message will do. And then the other thing that I really love about stories is if you if you do them correctly, if you're not too pushy, if you're subtle about it, you can you can plant ideas through the story where the person realizes them and they feel like it's their own idea. So you're not trying to push your idea onto them. They're discovering it and it becomes their own idea. And when when it's their idea, when they came up with it through the through the story, they're so much more likely to adopt it and hold on to it than if you're trying to tell them, hey, this is the product for you. This is the thing that you need to get. When they say, hey, this is the problem I'm facing and this is obviously the perfect solution. And they feel like they came up with that themselves through the process of reading the story. It, it's so much more sticky than if you try and tell them this is what you need to do to get the solution. Yeah, I agree with you. Those are both more advanced points and they're absolutely right. And I, I think that's, that's another reason why stories are so effective. And that's also something what you described is something have a hard time doing something sometimes you know they're going to tell a story and they tell the story in the same voice and with the same mindset as they're giving a blatant sales pitch i mean you'll you'll see these stories um uh, eloise wanted to lose some weight she found this most fantastic unbelievable powder that she would just sniff of her nose and it was legal it wasn't cocaine but it made her so and it's like yeah really you know um but but a, a good story is, is much more believable than that mm -hmm. so 
not being able to come up with good stories. What's the other thing that usually stands in people's way of going from a good copywriter to going to a great copywriter? I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. Well, this this next part re- reminds me about a story about John Wooden. You know, maybe, maybe you remember him from L.A. He was the basketball coach for the Bruins. He was the best basketball coach, college basketball coach of all time. Many people consider him the best sports coach in the history of the world. And one thing he would start out with when he was bringing in freshmen onto his team was he would teach them how to put on socks and how to tie their shoes. And then he would make them practice. And, you know, the the guys who'd been like the you know, all state basketball star in high school. They, they thought that was beneath them. Well, there are a couple of things. One is it's always good to focus on the basics and drill them. That's when you start to go pro, uh, especially in a performance based business. That's what you got to do. The other thing is there was actually a practical reason for it. He didn't, he didn't reveal this. So uh, 20 or 30 years into his career as a coach, uh, if you don't get your socks on right, you get blisters. If you don't tie your shoes correctly, they become untied and then you trip while you're trying to do a layup shot. Might even break your knee. So there was actually practical reason for it. But the, the thing is, people often tend to look at the flashy stuff. I mean, someone might really be into writing great headlines, wonderful big ideas, and amazing stories. And then they sort of slack off on their bullets. Number six, the, the third of the big three today, number six in the entire list is they can't write killer bullets. I like to think of bullet points as freeze-dried salesmanship. I, I know one A-list copywriter who has had multiple controls with major mailers out there at the same time. And I don't know if you can even imagine how hard that is. I have a hard time doing that. He rewrites every bullet. He told me he rewrites every single one four times. Wow. And here's why he does it. He knows, and this is what most people don't know, but you will after I say it that one bullet by itself can close the sale. Not the headline. I know I said the headline's 80 to 90% of it. Not the headline, not the stories, not the offer, one bullet. Now, you won't get the person primed to buy without the other stuff, but sometimes one bullet is going to 
do it for you because a, a bullet is an imaginative way of finding one aspect, especially one benefit, one performance, one delivered result from the product and putting it into some words that are so instantly understandable and so appealing that a person says, yeah, I got to have that. That's one thing I've been trying to do with my whatever they have that I can't. If I can do it with this, that's great. And so a key here is to use your imagination to really step into your prospect's life and really step into their frustrations in a very specific way. See what they're doing or what they're missing or what they're wanting or even what they're pounding their fist in the table or cussing about or kicking the dog because of, I mean, what's really blowing up their lives and see, can we fix that with this product? Can we make that better? And, and putting that into a bullet that they're not going to have to translate or think about to the go, oh shit, that is what I need. And getting to that point does, does take some mental gymnastics on the part of the copywriter. Now, it's true there are formulas and templates for bullets, but coming up with a unique on-target bullet, a, a lot of them, you know, a whole set of them, every one of them, 100%, that's, that's something a lot of copywriters can't do, but something an A-list copywriter will always do. And I, I have a guilty admission. A lot of times when I'm reading a sales letter, if I'm deciding to buy something, I actually skip to the bullets. The first thing I look for is the bullets because I want to say, I, a lot of times if you're a good copywriter, you can get most of the points of the sales message nailed in the bullets. So a lot of times I'll just skip to the bullets and see, is there something for me here? And if the bullets aren't intriguing enough, I'm not going to read the rest of the sales letter. That's interesting. I've never heard of anyone else who does that, but that that's a very time smart way to do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the bullets sort of show if they're, you know, where's the beef? If, if, if there's any there, there, how can I say that in an even more cliched way? The, <laughs> the bullets show whether, whether there's something solid. Now to, to be sure from a copywriting perspective, they'll show whether the copywriter did their homework, but if there's nothing there, there's nothing a good, even a good copywriter can do, but if there's something there, and a good copywriter really does a good job with the bullets, then, then you'll see how, how much is in the product. And I, I'm going to get your, your take on this because a lot of times I'll start off my process with my bullets. The, I'll say, I'll list maybe 20, 30 bullets and some of them I'll actually flesh out into more expansive ideas. And then some of them I'll just keep as, as bullets. But a lot of times going through and getting my bullets is one of the first things that I do. Am I, what's your thoughts on that? Well, two of the greatest teachers and copywriters I know of made millions or billions, Ted Nicholas and Dean Schwartz, that's exactly what they do. So I'd say you're in good company. Okay. Awesome. All right, David. So let's do a real quick recap. Last week we talked about, uh, Copywriters needing to gain confidence, um, needing to better identify their their target customers and get in their head, and uh, coming up with good ideas and good hooks. What were the three things that we went over this week? Yeah, 
Um, the ability to write killer headlines, the ability to tell great sales stories, especially in short words that, that are, are realistic and impactful, and as you pointed out, subtle and and yet so strong, and and the ability to write killer bullets. I mean, those those six things, confidence, knowing customers, big ideas, headlines, stories, and bullets. Those that's yeah. not all you need to get to the next level, but it's like 80, 90% of what'll get you there. Nice. All right. So this has been another, basically between these two episodes, another masterclass in, in, uh, in copywriting. So I really appreciate it. I know the listeners out there appreciate it. And what have we got coming up next week? Well, I've got a few things in the hopper. I am working on a very special guest even as we speak, he is flying back from Los Angeles to Austin, Texas. I haven't heard back from him. He told me to get in touch with him, and I, I think we're going to get him. He's a pretty extraordinary guy, pretty cool guy. Nathan, you got a good voice. I got a good voice. He's got an even better voice than either of us. So <laughs> nice. we get him on. The women are going to have you know trouble staying focused on the road if if they're listening while they're driving. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so now I'm I'm having I'm having trouble concentrating. So we've got possibly a very special guest, a report from the field coming coming up next week. I am I'm just as curious as the listener is, so I can't wait to find out what we got coming up next week. All right. Well, uh, hang tight for seven days and see you a week from, see you next Monday. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, David. Copywriters out there, make sure you check out the copywriterspodcast.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And we will catch you next time. See you next time. If you found this episode valuable, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That way you'll never miss a show.